Hello, and welcome once again to episode three of the Bombastic Podcast presented by Natty State Sports. I am your host, Andrew Ellis, and I am once again by my lonesome on today's show. Uh, three shows in a row, no guests. It is what it is. If you're hoping to hear Peyton Stovall on this program, I've got some really bad news for you. Not only is he not going to be here, he's not going to be playing baseball for the Arkansas Razorbacks for the foreseeable future. Um, so we got some good news to get into. We got some bad news to get into. Uh, we got a lot to talk about on today's show, as always, because that's what we do here. We discuss the Arkansas Razorback baseball team. The best baseball team in the country? Who knows? We'll see. Uh, certainly the coolest program in the country. We can at least go with that. And uh, the head coach that resembles Dracula the most, um, the team that we love. Uh, it's You know, a lot going on season. We are now, I guess, eight days away. Almost exactly a week from game day, so the excitement is ramping up, and uh, we're about to start ramping up here on this show. Again, we're going to be continuing to do these two days a week, so we appreciate you tuning in, however it is you chose to do that, whether that be YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, Twitter, X, whatever we're calling it these days. Um, you know, we might we might one day do this show live. Um, we'll see how it goes. Um, I'm, I'm really you know, experimenting with some things, but I've been really pleased with the feedback so far. So I appreciate you guys tuning in and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun this season. It's going to be a season to remember. And as I said on the first show, if we made your viewing experience or your enjoyment with this team, even 1% better than I feel like I did my job. I, I did what I was supposed to do. Um, really, it's just, I, I love covering this team in this program. And so I hope that my love and excitement for that team and program kind of comes across here and helps you enjoy it a little bit more. But, uh, Guys, we got to start with some bad news, uh, unfortunately. Like I said, Peyton Stovall not going to be on today's show, unfortunately, um, because he has a broken foot. And if you uh, only listen to this podcast, if this is the only way that you consume Arkansas baseball, you probably heard me on Tuesday's show say, ah, he got hit in the foot at practice, but he stayed in the box. He got a base hit. He's fine. It's going to be totally fine. Um, we'll see if my producer can edit it out. But uh, he was not fine. And so I, it was weird. Again, he stayed in the box to hit. He gets hit by a pitch. They stay in, he hits the ball, and then he runs to first base, and he was limping a little bit, which, again, not great. At the time, I definitely didn't think broken foot. I don't think he did either. He comes back into the game later, has another at-bat, gets hit in the foot the same spot again, uh, but then stays in the box and ropes a base hit through the left side. So it's like, all right, you know, he got hit in the foot. I'm sure they don't want to – and they didn't want him to run, which they usually err on the side of caution with stuff like this. I honestly, guys, I just did not expect that to be a thing. Peyton himself even tweeted something out after the scrimmage the other day. I was like, ah, no, nah, I just got hit in the foot. It's fine. It is what it is. And uh, if it makes anyone feel any better, I'm sure it doesn't make me feel better. But apparently, the doctor told Peyton that it was like a completely once in a lifetime, like freak fluke accident. Uh, it was a perfect hit and it just broke. It just hit in the right spot, and so he breaks his foot. Um, the good news is for Peyton that. He's not going to have to have surgery. It's not going to be like a long thing that ends his season or anything. There, the the timeline that was first shared with us by a, a team spokesman, that's what we'll call Oliver Grigg these days, team spokesman, uh, the timeline that we were given was four to six weeks, which would put him getting back right around time for conference play. So, again, Arkansas has had a ton of injury issues in the past. You know, Jackson Wiggins, Peyton Paulette. It feels like it's become almost a – yearly tradition that a key player goes down with an injury um and so look it sucks for Peyton it really sucks for him individually and I like Peyton a lot he's a boot boy from Houghton Louisiana I'm from Louisiana so I always got to support my Louisiana hogs 
And uh, he's a great baseball player, man. And so I was really excited to watch him this year. And we will still get to do that. Let's 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 calm down a little bit. This is not a funeral. He's going to be back maybe by SEC play. Uh, but it really it just sucks for him because we haven't really gotten to see, you know, the best version of Peyton Stovall's career to this point. You know, his freshman year, he had some ups and downs, missed some time with an injury with his hand, I believe, and had some freshman growing pain, some confidence issues here and there. But he finished the year so strong, and we finally got to see, like, a glimpse of the guy that we thought we were going to see, which was a projected potential first-rounder who was viewed as maybe the best hitting prospect in his class coming out of high school. Uh, he's a better defender than I think any of us expected him to be coming out of high school, which is saying a lot because he was expected. I mean, he played shortstop in high school, was expected to be a good defender. But I would say at second base, he's exceeded expectations and as a freshman playing first base. But finishes his freshman year hitting 295, which included like just an insane run in that NCAA tournament. I mean, there were times where it seems like he was carrying that Arkansas offense and had so many big hits. And so it was good to see him as a freshman show us the future of like kind of what he could be. And we saw the power start to come in a little bit and you, you start to get really excited about what this guy can be. And then sophomore year just didn't happen. He has just, he starts off strong. He's hitting the ball. Well, has some more power. It looked, looked like everything we thought it was going to look like. And then it was a little weird. He has the shoulder injury, which I remember happening early in the season. He missed a game or two where Peyton Holt had to play for him. But again, same thing where we didn't really think it was like a long-term injury that was going to keep him out long-term. It was just kind of something that he was dealing with that was bothering him. I remember him coming out of one game and like he would, he it was in like the eighth inning and he couldn't even like hold his arm up. And so that's when we started to get wind that, hey, maybe this is a more serious thing. And right around that time, his numbers at the plate started to dip too. I'm sure there was a coincidence. Who knows? I guess we'll never know. But uh, it's so funny because, you know, I was talking to John about it yesterday. Stovall hit a grand slam against Texas A&M last year, which was about one week before they finally shut him down for the season. And we're like, all right, hey, officially this, this injury is just too bad. He played through it as long as he could. But, you know, it's funny because that home run and just kind of the way he was playing through the injury last year threw us off the scent a little bit of how hurt he really was and how banged up he was and kind of what his injury was actually – what it was same thing happened this year where I see him have stay in the box and hit twice and I see him moving around and I'm like oh he's fine he can still hit I mean it's fine he's perfectly fine apparently he was not fine and so look we uh we wish Peyton all the best again it, it really it just sucks for him individually we can talk about what this means big picture for Arkansas and we're going to get into it um I think that for now it really is just it sucks more for Peyton than it does big picture and it doesn't change the way I view this team, change the complexion of the season or anything like that. But you never want to see that. And really just we've all been kind of cheering for Peyton and waiting for him to put together this awesome season that we know he can do and that we're you know, borderline expecting him to do, even if D1 baseball is not. Uh, and so it sucks. I mean, there's a real possibility that we will never get to see what a full season of healthy, locked-in Peyton Stovall looks like for Arkansas because he is, in fact, draft eligible this year. But Again, we're, we're hoping for the best with Peyton, and we expect him to be back relatively soon. Maybe it takes a little bit longer. Maybe it's two months where it's middle of conference play, whatever the case may be. The good thing is for Arkansas, he sh there, there's, there's no reason that he shouldn't be back by April, May, June when the games start to heat up, and you really need your guys there. And, you know, he's a team captain, so I expect him to be around this team a lot. I bet you'll still see him in the dugout hyping guys up and all that stuff, and we look for it, and hey, maybe we'll get a, an injury update from Peyton Stovall on the pod, on the Bob, Bombastic Podcast. Stovall, if you're listening, we appreciate We stand with you, brother, but pull up. Pull up and give us an update. We'll uh, 
It's fine. We'll we'll, we'll, forg- we'll forgive you for getting injured a week before the season. <laughs> we'll forgive you. But guys, I saw a lot of people on Twitter yesterday acting like this was like all hell was breaking loose. Like ah, Hogs got another injury. Like they're they're screwed for the season. Like oh, it's Jackson Wiggins, Peyton Paulette, it happened again, boys. I, you know, look, Peyton Stovall's an awesome player. He's one of the best players on this team. He's going to hit, you know, potentially lead off second, third in the lineup. Like, he means a lot to this program and to this team. I don't think this is an injury that changes the long-term ceiling of this Arkansas team. One, because he might be back by conference play, like I said 20 times now in this program. So it's like, you know, this isn't a torn UCL out for the year where it's like, all right, we thought we had a good second baseman, now he's out for the year. He could be back very soon, so we're, let's let's relax a little bit there. And also, you don't ever want anyone to get hurt, but lineup injuries are a lot easier to work around and fix and move forward with, especially with this particular Arkansas team. So the real ball knowers, the real the real folks who know what they're talking about, the real ones who have been tapped in with the bombastic podcast, while your buddies are texting you saying the season's over and we're screwed. The real ball knowers were texting back and saying, hey, this team is built to withstand a blow like this. They have a guy in Jared Sprague lot. I don't know if I don't know if there's ever been a better backup second baseman than Jared Sprague lot. And I don't I, I don't even feel comfortable saying that backup second baseman, backup third baseman, backup shortstop, whatever you want to call him. Jared Sprague lot is a good baseball player. I mean, he hit 314 at Richmond. He's got 135 games worth of starting experience under his belt. Uh, he has a 315 career batting average, hit 13 home runs last year, has played second, has played short, has played third, could probably play first, could probably play outfield. And I'm kind of surprised that that wasn't a thing, that they didn't kind of maybe throw him into the left field mix. But, hey, DVH knows best. He knew State Peyton Stovall was going to break his foot and that he, would, he was going to need Jared Sprague a lot. But, uh, again, guys, like I, I think this is a tough injury, more so for Peyton, and it sucks. And, look, the Hawks are going to miss Peyton's absence. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying – Oh, hey, just, just move on. Like it is what it is. But this ain't no Mickey Mouse program. This ain't no this ain't no program that is built, you know, and is gonna live and die with their second baseman. You know, like this team is built to withstand this injury. Hell, they just did it last year. He just missed half the year last year. And Peyton Holt slid right in and was great. Now Peyton Holt is who we project to start at third base, and I would imagine he probably stays there. But again, is there a better guy to slide right in there than Peyton Holt? Uh, another, uh, you know, an in-state kid who wants to do it. And again, I have Peyton Holt starting at third base. So I think that's probably what happens here, but I wanted to go over just a few of the options of what could happen with this situation and maybe make some people feel a little bit better. So I mentioned Jared Sprague a lot. I think the most likely scenario is you keep everything the same. You have Jared Sprague a lot sub in for Stovall at second base. You have Holt stay at third base. Everyone's happy. You could flip those guys. You could move Holt over to second. Sprague has been playing third and short at a lot of these scrimmages, so who knows? I don't know what what he's more comfortable playing, but I feel like he's going to be fine either way. He's a good defender. Both those guys are good defenders and versatile, so I'm I'm really not too worried about it. Um, you could have so you could have Sprague at third, Holt to second. That could be an option. You could move Peyton Holt to second and have Reese Robinette, Big Country, move into third base. Big Country's been swinging it really well, brings a lot of pop with the bat. So, hey, against a right-handed pitcher or maybe in a game where you feel like you need some offense, maybe you throw Big Country in there at third base. He could play the position. He's done it before. And I'll be honest with you guys, Reese Robinette's a better defender than y'all think he is. And I don't I don't know what how, – however good you think Reese Robinette is as a defender, I promise you he's better. Because every single time I watch him field a ball, I have that same reaction where I'm like, man, 
He's a better defender than I give him credit for. And uh, he's really he's really made some strides there. I mean, he played third base in high school. It's not like this is a foreign position to him. He's actually better at third base than he is at first base, which I thought was interesting. And I, I believe he started a few games there at third base last year. So, like, again, big country is another guy where you have options. You have things that can happen. And I think if that were to happen, you could also bring Jason Jones in at third base, who, again, that's where he played last year, started some games. Many people thought that was kind of where he would end up. You could have Holt, Sprayglot at second, Jones at third base. If that's the case, you're probably moving Jack Wagner to left field. Whatever the case may be, McLaughlin could play third. Ben McLaughlin, who's going to be in the lineup, probably as your DH or your first baseman. He started games at third base before, was a gold glover in Juco, I'm told. I don't know if I buy that necessarily, but <laughs> a guy that, that has played third base before. So, guys, my point is this. This Peyton Stovall injury sucks. We love Peyton. We rock with him. Friend of the program. Friend of Natty State Sports. Uh, friend of Jesus. Uh, but this is not the end of the season. This is not the end of the road for Peyton Stovall. This is definitely not the end of the road for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Um, so, hey, we'll see how they handle it these next three, four weeks, whatever the case may be. But uh, moral of the story is I'm not going to lose a ton of sleep over this. I, I Again, it, it really, like when I read the news, my initial reaction was just like, man, it sucks for Peyton. And that's kind of the way I view it. It sucks for him, and I have no doubt that he's going to come back and play well and do all that stuff. Hell, we might even see this dude by Missouri, by the, by the opening conference series in mid-March. Like So, again, it is what it is. Um, I'm, I'm not going to lose a ton of sleep. Um, guys, you see the banner below if you're watching on YouTube. If you're not watching on YouTube and joining us on Podcast Forum, we appreciate you. But I want to give a shout-out to our sponsors at Manscaped. Uh, they do everything you could possibly imagine from men's grooming, your beards, your your uh, genital hair, your whatever. Take care of all your men's grooming needs with Manscaped. Uh, your balls and your date, since it's Valentine's Day, will thank you. Uh, if you go to their website, you can use the code NATTY for 20% off. That's manscaped.com. It is spelled exactly how it sounds, manscaped. Um, go check those guys out. It's Valentine's Day. Freshen up. Freshen up. Be, take care of business. Do what you got to do. Uh, as I said, your balls and your date will thank you. That's manscaped, and go use the code NATTY for 20% off your first purchase. We appreciate those guys for everything they do for Natty State Sports. Um, there was also some interesting news that came out right before I went to film this, uh, so it worked out perfectly. Arkansas's picked to win the SEC West by the league's coaches, which also released an all-SEC team in which two Arkansas players made the list. Hagan Smith, ever heard of him? He got a nod as the first team starting pitcher. He and Tennessee's Drew Beam are the two starting pitchers on the first team. And Kendall Diggs, ever heard of him? Projected to start at right field for Arkansas. He is a first-team preseason All-SEC member, along with Ethan Petrie and Jace LaViolette. Man, that first-team SEC outfield is stacked, man. But, uh, yeah, you look at the list, and it's a lot of the names you would expect. Your Tommy White, your Jack Caglione, your Drew Beam, your Hagan Smith, uh, Charlie Condone at Georgia's, the second-team first baseman, which I thought was funny because he hit, like, 30 home runs last year, and he's not even first-team preseason All-SEC, but... I did want to go over. So, like I said, Arkansas was picked to win the West, which, you know, cool. I don't I don't think anyone's going to do, like, a victory lap over that. Uh, they received nine per pl first-place votes. LSU received five. Uh, Arkansas had 87 points overall. LSU had 82. They were picked to finish second. 
A&M picked to finish third after a little bit of a disappointing season from the Aggies. Alabama, who again now is going to have a first-year head coach because their coach likes to gamble against his own team, they were picked to finish fourth. I actually would have them a little bit lower. I think Alabama is due for – they're going to get beat up. I, 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 you know, they had a lot of, lot of talented players transfer out, missing their coach. I think picking them fourth is, is, is interesting. Auburn, who seems to always overachieve in the SEC, they were picked to finish fifth. And isn't it fascinating that the two teams that have won national championships in the last four years, Ole Miss and, and Mississippi State, picked to finish sixth and seventh in the league, respectively. The SEC coach is not high on uh, the Mississippi schools. I think I would have Mississippi State a lot higher. I think the Bulldogs are going to have a little bit of a bounce back year under Chris Lamonis, who follows me on Twitter for whatever reason. So, Chris Lamonis, shout out to you. Um, if you're coming for the scoops, I don't have them. Don't listen to this. Uh, moving over to the East Division, Florida, who's got Jack Caglione, who is the Shohei Otani of college baseball, if you don't know. Big first baseman, left-handed pitcher. Probably going to be a top-five pick in the draft. Two-way guy, stud. He's kind of the front-runner. They've got a, they've got a loaded group. Uh, they stole Alabama's shortstop, who hit 25 home runs last year. Colby Shelton, he was first-team All-SEC shortstop preseason. Uh, Florida's going to be loaded. Arkansas is going to host them at Walker Stadium in late April. So that's going to be an exciting series to maybe circle on your calendar. The two teams that were picked to win their division in the SEC could be a fun one. Tennessee, I know you guys love them. They are picked as finished second. They received two first-place votes, and Florida got 11. Vanderbilt got one. They were picked to finish third in the East. South Carolina, who is like, you know, always in that middle-of-the-pack range and every now and then will threaten over the top, but they're kind of the Auburn of the East to me, where it's like it feels like they overachieve most years, but you're never really that scared of them. But uh, the Gamecocks are picked to finish fourth. Uh, they have Ethan Petri, who's one of the best players in the country, and they had a pretty good year last year. Um Kentucky picked to finish fifth. Georgia picked to finish sixth under Wes Johnson, who will be their first-year head coach. Guys, I've got my eyes on the Bulldogs, man. Uh, I'm a huge Wes Johnson fan. I know that a lot of you guys listening to this are a huge Wes Johnson fan as well. Used to be the pitching coach at Arkansas back in the day. Uh, took a job with the Minnesota Twins. Not the Minnesota Twins farm system. He was the pitching coach with the Minnesota Twins uh, before returning to the college game a couple years ago to go to LSU which a move that I know all of you guys just loved. Um, he's now the head coach of the Georgia Bulldogs, who, if you remember, swept Arkansas last year somehow. One of three series Arkansas lost. They got swept at, at in Athens last year. That was kind of fascinating. But Georgia underachieved last year aside from that one weekend. And so they made a move. And, and Wes Johnson, I think that is a I, – I, you know, Georgia baseball, I don't think they really care. I don't think they even have a fan base. Their park is a little weird. I don't, I don't love it. So I don't want to call them like a sleeping giant or anything like that. But Wes Johnson, I believe in that guy. Uh, I would believe in him to do anything. If he if he asked me, I'd come pitch for him right now. I, I've got my eyes on that program. I think they're going to end up finishing higher than sixth in the East. And by the way, this is the last year of divisions in, in SEC baseball, I believe. So Arkansas has won the West four of the last five years, which DVH said that the other day at the Swatters Club, and it kind of took me back a little bit. I was like, huh. Four or five years, really? Arkansas has done that, and the term he used was unheard of. He said that's unheard of, and uh, it's hard. You know, I'm not going to fact check them. I have no idea how many people have been winning the West four out of five years, but Arkansas, I imagine, is the only team that's done it in the last five years. I know that. Um, so yeah, that's that's huge. And so Arkansas being picked to to, to win the West, it's it's ho hum. They do it just about every other year, or every year. So I thought that was interesting. 
By the way, I didn't even mention that Missouri was picked to finish seventh in the East. I don't think you needed me to break that news for you. Um, but yeah, again, I don't put a ton of stock into stuff like this. Nobody should. I mean, preseason all SEC teams are a little bit weird, especially in basketball. I think it's so funny. We were talking about it earlier. They 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 try not to use freshmen for these lists, even though freshmen are super talented and they are you know could very well be on this list. And freshmen make it on the the postseason list all the time. They try not to do put freshmen in there. A guy like Peyton Stovall, for example, who was the preseason SEC Player of the Year as a true freshman, you know, had a, had some some mishaps as a freshman. So I think that's it's not he's not the reason they do it. They 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 don't do this anyway. They also try to avoid doing like all transfers, like Alabama's or Alabama shortstop Colby Shelton, who transferred from Alabama to Florida. He's the first team shortstop, but again, he played in the league a little bit. They know who he is. Uh, I'm trying to think, there's a few other. Billy Amick, th- Tennessee's third baseman. He's the second team guy after hitting 400 last year at Clemson. Uh, he's on the list as a second team All SEC guy after hitting 400 at Clemson last year. So that tells you they try to just keep it to returning players and guys that they know. And it's for some of these coaches, I'm sure it's as simple as, hey, I recognize that guy's name. I'll, I'll throw him in there. Um, so look, I, I think it's so funny. Like Desi Sills, for example. For those, this is not a baseball player. Arkansas basketball, Desi Sills. He was second team preseason All SEC one year. Not one of the 10 best players in the SEC basketball at any point. But again, they just kind of give it to who you recognize and stuff like that. Um, so it's a little interesting. Again, Hagen Smith and Kendall Diggs, I thought it was a little interesting. They were the only two hogs that were getting nods. Both of those guys were first team, so that's nice. Um, but then I started to think about it. I'm like, man, it's really kind of tough. Who would I even make an argument for that should be on there? I mean, Stovall would be on this list or kind of in that range just because he's a guy that's a, a, a coveted prospect and someone that people know. But he's coming off of a little bit of a, you know, he hit 253 last year while he was hurt, and he's hurt again now, so I don't know if that, that played a role into this. But he's maybe one you can maybe make an argument for. And I think there's a few hogs who have a chance to make it on this list in the postseason. Obviously, every single guy on the team. If you're starting every day and you hit 400 or whatever and you hit 30 home runs, you're going to make it. So literally everyone could make it. But I wanted to go over a few possibilities for you guys of dudes who I think could easily end up on this list postseason. It's got to start with my boy Vahiva Aloy. The other day, DVH said it was Vahiva. I don't know if DVH is right or I'm right. I'm pretty sure on the pronunciation guide, it's Vahiva. We'll just wait and see. We'll see how the SEC Network guys go with. Um, I think it's Vahiva. DVH said Vahiva, but I think it's Vahiva. DVH, I know you're listening. I'm sorry. Uh, I saw, I started to fact check you on the air like that, but I'm like 85% sure it's Vahiva. But anyways, Vahiva Aloy, Arkansas shortstop. If you have not heard of him, then you have not been listening to this podcast. Um, the adoption papers haven't gone through, but he's pretty much my my large adult son at this point. I, I cannot stop talking about this kid. He is Arkansas starting shortstop. Um, he is going to be a little bit better than John Bolton, who is another friend of the program, friend of ours that we love. Arkansas got a massive upgrade at shortstop. Vahiva Aloy is that. He hit 376 as a true freshman last year with 14 home runs. Not at the SEC level. He did it at Sacramento State. But I have watched him hit against SEC pitching a lot this offseason, and it has not intimidated him to the way that you would think it would for a guy who's a sophomore coming into the SEC. He's hit eight home runs in these scrimmages, which is like it's like 24 games maybe. Not, not even that. I don't even think it's that, man. I think it might just be like 18 to 20. He has eight home runs this offseason, so it's like he's been the best hitter I've seen at Arkansas this fall and this offseason. 
I'm not saying he's going to lead Arkansas in hitting, but I'm buying all the hype. I'm buying as much stock as I can. I'm trying to collect as many of my uh, my broker is like trying to cut me off. He's like, hey, you cannot buy any more Vahiva Alloy stock. You have your entire life is invested in it. But that's what it is. We are going to live and die by Vahiva Alloy. And also, if we're getting serious here for a second, the shortstops in the SEC are always good. I mentioned Kobe Shelton, who's going to be at Florida. He hit 25 home runs last year. I'd assume he's going to have a pretty good year. He'll be tough to compete with. But the guy who uh, got the second team nod was Vanderbilt shortstop Trey Vastini. I have Vastini written down. I don't know if it's Trey. I think it's Trey Vastini. Uh, he hit 287 last year with five home runs. Again, those are solid numbers. It's a shortstop. Like, it is what it is. I think this is an example of, like, them giving the nod to someone that is a returning guy who probably isn't going to end up as the postseason All-SEC shortstop, but who knows? Maybe he, uh, maybe he'll take a huge step forward. Yeah, we'll see about that. But I think Vahiva Alloy, based on what he did last year and what I've seen this offseason, I think he's going to hit as much as any SEC shortstop. And I think defensively, this guy's taking a huge step forward. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him work his way onto that list. So I think if we're, if we're talking about guys who might make this list at the end of the year, Vahiva's got to be at the front of your radar. I also think the starting rotation, Mason Molina and Brady Tigert, both of those guys, like, they're going to start every weekend. Stuff is as good as anyone, especially on Tigert's regard. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if either of those guys made it in. And I just think you're talking about who has a chance to do it. They're going to start every week. I think that they they would be on your radar in that regard. But the one that really sticks out to me is Hudson White, who I have projected to start at catcher for Arkansas. He might see some time at DH. He might see some time at first. Who knows? Uh, so I don't know. Maybe if maybe he'll get the first team not as like a catcher. Maybe he'll end up being the utility spot. Who knows? I think he is a guy that is. If we're talking about this, has as good a chance as anyone. One because the guy who is second team uh, catcher for this list is Devin Burks, who I believe is at Kentucky. He hit two ninety two with eight home runs last year. Which look for a catcher, those are tremendous offensive numbers. Hudson White hit 297 with 11 home runs last year. Again, he wasn't catching every day, so I'm not saying he's going to necessarily replicate that or even improve on that. But I think you're talking about a guy who, if he wins this catcher job for Arkansas, given the defensive improvement he's made this offseason, along with his buddy Vahiva, uh, and also his buddy Mason Molina, who he caught last year at Texas Tech, didn't even make that connection. I should have should have mentioned that. Uh, but Hudson White is a guy that, has been crushing this fall. DVH said the other day he was he's been the team's best hitter. Um, another thing I'll have to fact check DVH on because statistically he has not been. But in terms of exit velo and working walks and he doesn't strike out a ton. Uh, I really like what this guy brings to the table as a hitter. He's probably going to hit at the top of the lineup. I mean he was hitting second in the scrimmage the other day when they loaded up the team with starters. Who knows if it's second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever. But you're talking about a guy who is going to hit in the middle of the order has a chance to drive in a ton of runs, has some power, can hit for average, is good behind the plate, has made a lot of improvement there. And honestly, guys, when they're picking these all-SEC things, it's it's weighted towards the offense a little bit. So even if he is a little inconsistent as a catcher behind the plate, if he hits 320 with 14 home runs, which, look, that's that's a lofty expectation. I don't think anybody should be cycling, circling that and be like, he's got to do that. Um, but if he, if he even replicates his offensive stats, hitting around 300, hits 10 home runs or so, like – I think he's a guy that is going to have a chance to make one of those catcher spots. Um, you know, first base is is just simply brutal. If you're trying to make all SEC, do not play first base. Because, uh, I mean, you got Jack Caglione, who I just mentioned. He's the first team second baseman. And Charlie Condone, who hit 
28 home runs last year in his second team All-SEC preseason. So that'll be interesting to see if Ben McLaughlin or Jack Wagner, who ends up playing first, whoever it is, is not going to win All-SEC. I just feel comfortable saying that unless something really, unless they really just go off in a way that we're not expecting. Uh, DH, though. Oddly enough, you would think DH is like there's there's some hitters there that are hitting 380 or whatever. The guy who is second team All-SEC at DH is a man named Hayden Chervinsky, who has been at LSU for at least 15 years, uh, is not a consistent, not even an everyday starter. He he played for them last year down the stretch and had some big hits for him, but he's like, hasn't even been an everyday starter at LSU. Good hitter, got a lot of power and stuff, but it's like, that's not like a lockdown, like you can't beat that guy out at DH. So I think that's a little bit interesting to see. I mean, Arkansas had DHs win all SEC before. I'm thinking Matt Goodhart. I don't know if Kendall Diggs got a nod last year. Um, I can't remember, honestly, but DH is weirdly a spot you can maybe sneak someone in there. So I think if Jack Wagner ends up being the DH, might have to throw him on this list. He might be a guy who could uh, who can make it work. Outfield's another one that's tough. I mean, I read you the list. Uh, Kendall Diggs is on it in the preseason, so that tells you how good he is. Uh, hit 299 last year uh, with 14 home runs, so makes sense. Um, but yeah, outfield is always tough. I mean, Jace LaViolette from AM, a potential top 10 pick. He's going to be a tough one to uh, to beat out. I mentioned Ethan Petrie from South Carolina. He was a true freshman or a redshirt freshman last year and at one point was leading the country in home runs. I mean, he's got big-time potential. So it's like getting in that list is going to be a little bit tough. And even if you go to the second team, you got Braden Montgomery, Texas A&M, who transferred from Stanford, huge prospect, potential huge pick. Dakota Jordan at Mississippi State who's been around for a while and is – Again, this is more of a veteran nod to a guy who's been here, but Dakota Jordan's a good player, and there's always outfielders that rake. There's always outfielders that just come out of nowhere. So if you're hoping to get uh, get on the All-SEC team as an Arkansas Razorback, maybe don't play outfield and maybe don't play first base, but just looking around the diamond, I think there's a, there's a little bit of a chance for Arkansas to get some of these guys on this list. I also want to shout out one of our other sponsors, Alumni Hall. You guys heard of them? Alumni Hall, the ultimate Razorback shopping destination. Uh, they are located at 3417 North College Avenue. Go check those guys out by Whole Foods. The best possible Razorback shopping destination. They have made news this week, uh, releasing a little hype video for some of the jerseys, the new jerseys they've got in. Got the pinstripes. I know people are upset about the Jeff Long font still being on there. Um, but sweet jerseys. If you're look, if you're if you're a guy, if you're a jersey guy. You got to go to Alumni Hall. Go check those guys out. And if you don't want to drive to the store, visit nattystatesports.com slash alumni hall to support us and them. You will not be disappointed. If you want to check out all your options there, like I said, visit that link there, nattystatesports.com slash alumni hall. You'll love their selection. They've got stuff for kids. They've got stuff for men. They've got stuff for women. If you want to dress up the dog in a Peyton Stovall jersey or a Vahiva Lloyd jersey, you can do that. They also have all the hats, which I know people love. The classic red, you know, A, Razorback hat. They've got the charcoal, which the other day at the scrimmage, it kind of drove me nuts. The team, they let them choose their own hats. And so you had, like, the third baseman was wearing a, a charcoal hat. The second baseman was wearing a red hat. The shortstop was wearing the yellow hat. It's just like, let's get on the same page here. Let's get on the same page. But if you want to be like those guys and just mix up your hats every day, Go to Alumni Hall because, to my understanding, they are the only place that sells those hats, those legit, authentic, team-worn hats. If you want to dress like the Razorbacks, go to Alumni Hall and visit them, nattystatesports.com slash alumni hall to support us and them. 
We appreciate you doing that. Guys, before we get out of here, we got eight days before this season starts. I want to just talk a little bit about the expectations around this program and what everyone's vibes are going into the season. So the Peyton Stovall injury throws a little bit of a wrench where people are freaking out and they have that batter hog syndrome where they're like, ah, here we go again. Injury, disappointment, injury, disappointment. That's the flow. That's the cycle. I feel comfortable, guys, saying, put your faith in this Arkansas baseball team. I'm not saying they're going to win the national championship. I think they I think they have a very good chance, and hey, I'm even going to pick them to do it. Well, if anyone asks me for the next however many months who's winning the College World Series, I'm going to tell them, Arkansas, I think they're going to do it. I think they have a chance. I think I think this is a two-year window we're looking at. Who know who cares if they do? That's that's I got off track there, but I'm not saying they're going to win the title. But what I can guarantee it is that this team is going to be very, very good. I truly believe this is the most talented Arkansas team we've seen in Fayetteville. Will they set a record for the most regular season wins? I don't know. Will they even make it back to Omaha? Will they get disappointed? Will they get upset in the super regional like NC State did? Or will they get hammered by a TCU team in the regional like they did last year. I don't know. Will they get to the front door and then trip over the court and, and fumble at the goal line? Maybe they'll do that. Who knows? But I, the thing I just keep coming back to is, like, this is a historically great Arkansas team in terms of talent, in terms of pitching depth, position player depth, whatever criteria you want to use. I think this team has a chance to be special. And I, as I said on the first program, I think baseball is a sport that's just meant to be consumed in this way. You're not meant to consume it in like, oh, let me just check uh, the MLB Red Zone app and see the scores for tonight. And I know some people do that. I follow the MLB. I check the box scores, but I'm a weirdo and you're a weirdo. Uh, I don't think that's how normal people are supposed to consume this sport. I really think it's meant to be you've got your team. You follow that team. You know who their bullpen guys are. You know who DV when DVH comes out here and he does this, you already know, oh, he's bringing in Jake Faraday. He's bringing in the hard throwing righty. We got to get this. Or hey, he's going. He's bringing in Stone Hewlett. We're going lefty. We got to get this guy out. Like that's what makes this fun is being on the journey and just following the team and seeing what happens. I can't guarantee you that it will end with a national title. I would love to. I can almost do that. Well, I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. Pretty sure it's going to happen. But guys, regardless, just jump on board. Hop on this bandwagon. It's going to be a fun year, and I think we should just enjoy the ride. You know. I mean, we mentioned Peyton Stowell and his injury. Who knows how many games left we have of watching him play. I said it on the last program, don't take Hayden, Hagen Smith for granted. Who knows how many times you get to watch him pitch again. There's so many guys on this team. And, hey, Dave Van Horn is the is the, the, the head coach of this team. Who knows how many years left we have with Dave Van Horn. Who knows how many years left Matt Hobbs is going to be around. Who knows with Nate Thompson. I think this is kind of a perfect storm here for this team. Things are lining up well. Again, we're not in the, the business of guaranteeing national championships. I'm going to hold off and not do that for now. But, guys, I just think this is going to be a fun year. I think we will all have fun if we just hop on this bandwagon together and uh, see what this team does. And, and, look, ultimately this team is going to write their own story. I can't write it for them. Y'all can't write it for them. We can't will it into existence. They will end up. Their destiny will end up being determined by whatever it is they do. But I could not be more excited to watch this team play and just figure out what happens, man. I'm so tired of talking about it, even though that's what I do two times a week on this very program. I'm just ready to have some real stuff to talk about, man. I cannot wait. Like I said, eight days away. Next weekend, Arkansas is going to be hosting James Madison. It, it almost Yesterday when I realized it was nine days, it almost didn't feel real. I was like, wow, next week they play. 
kind of crazy. Uh, in just a couple weeks, the Natty State Sports Crew will be tearing it up in Arlington. Um, man, I just I if I keep talking, I'm gonna hype myself up and I'll end up guaranteeing a national championship. So I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna cut myself off, guys. Um, but hey, I appreciate you guys for tuning in today. Sorry that we didn't have good news to report on today's program, other than Arkansas being picked to finish first in the SEC West, which some people probably view as a jinx and think it's not good news. Who knows? You're entitled to that opinion. Uh, if you if you if you didn't know about the Peyton Stovall news and I had to break it to you here, I'm sorry for leading you astray on Tuesday, and I'm sorry for being such a bummer today. Um, but I hope that we we finished on a strong note. We finished with some positive stuff. The vibes are still good. The bombastic podcast is still rolling. Um, I mentioned last week that Peyton Stowell might be on this program, so I don't want to jinx things again because last time I did that, the guy broke his foot. We've got a potential for some other guests, like maybe a pitcher, like maybe a right-handed pitcher, like maybe a, a bigger veteran in-state right-handed pitcher. Not going to say any names just in case someone breaks their foot next week unexpectedly. Uh, maybe you'll find out. That's how you'll find out who I had planned to bring on the show next week is whenever you hear an announcement about someone that's going to be out for the year. Um, I don't want to speak that into existence. But, yeah, we're going to keep things rolling on the show. And, guys, I think it's going to keep getting better from here. I think once the season gets rolling, we're going to really have some fun. And like I said earlier, I'm thinking about possibly doing this show live just to have some type of interactive answering questions. I don't want this to feel like this is just you guys putting on the podcast and listening to me ramble for 45 minutes which is pretty much what it is. But I want this to be a journey where we're in it together. Y'all are asking questions. We're, we're all, I don't want there to ever be something you are wondering about this Arkansas baseball team. I want to have you covered in every way possible. Um, we could have some written content coming at nattystatesports.com, especially when the season gets rolling. So be on the lookout for that. And by the way, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube, our Twitter, our Facebook, our whatever, if you're not subscribed to us on the podcast networks, this is not the only great show at Natty State Sports. But it is a great show, to be clear. Um, but we got all kinds of stuff. I mean, the Pot at the Palace is still rolling. Curtis and Scotty are still cranking out three episodes a week of the Pot at the Palace, which is remarkable considering how bad that basketball team is. Um, I'm sitting here right now looking at Scotty's big board, the transfer big board. They've got a ton of awesome content coming out. The John Neighbors show every day from four to six. That stuff is still rolling. That stuff is a ton of fun. We're still cooking there. The Natty State Six Pack is cooking. Me and Curtis get into a lot of non-sports topics. So if you're tired of hearing us talk about ball and you just want to talk about fun stuff, Curtis and I got you covered on the Natty State Sports Six Pack. Uh, so just your reminder to go check out all the fun stuff we've got going on. And once again, I thank you guys for joining me. And uh, we'll be back next week on Tuesday. Who knows what the world will look like then, uh, but it will officially be game week. And I can't wait to dive into it all. Uh, we got a lot of fun stuff coming up. So, hey, Hit subscribe, jump on the bandwagon, join the ride, follow us along on social media, Twitter, YouTube, podcast, however it is you're consuming this. We appreciate you. And uh, for Andrew Ellis, Natty State Sports, I'm signing off. Appreciate you joining us, guys. Episode three, Bombastic Podcast. We're rolling.